Ladies and gentlemen, for the next hour, I aim to entertain and educate you about music and causes that enrich your life, a delicious mix of talking and music we call fun philanthropy or fun-lanthropy, where the desire to improve the welfare of others is combined with fun and music. Today you will meet singer-songwriter and Park City Music Hall owner John Torres. Yay! You will meet Amy Turner from Team Wolfgang, who works very hard to help young adults with developmental disabilities learn the skills to thrive in life. Uh, we will also have uh, my friend Ben Jaffe, creative director of the Preservation Hall Jazz Band in the studio from Nolens, where he just flew in this morning. Hello, Amy. Hello, John. Hi. Hey. Good to have you here. We also Thanks. have Steve DiCostanza, uh, WPKN general manager here with us in the studio. Hey, Steve. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? Good. Fresh back from a, a trip uh, to Ireland. I hope you're, uh, well, you look like you're in good form, uh, a little color. Good form, little, 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 uh, little tired, but, uh, you know, that, that's fine. I think that's uh, uh, everybody's equilibrium state, a little tired. Um, hey, I'm Rob Freed. And welcome to Band Central Radio, where we broadcast the fourth Monday of every month on WPKN 89.5 here in Bridgeport and WKPKN live stream on YouTube, yes, and on your audio device of choice anytime you want to listen via WPPKN podcasts. You know, as I mentioned, we got a great show over the next hour introducing you to Amy, John, and Ben. You know, today, I want to take a moment at the top of the show here. We're going to play some music. John and I are going to perform something. We're going to talk about some cool things. But I want to share Band Central's approach to social activism. And I want to ask our guests for their thoughts, um, since they are all thoughtful philanthropists. You know, as part of WPKN's Community Radio Hour here at noon, Band Central wants to help you, our, our listeners, and audiences more broadly, experience music and stories related to good causes so that your lives become more enjoyable and that you, in turn, share the goodness by being useful to others. We want you to feel our authentic energy and joy so that we add a grain of sand to the pile that tips our collective consciousness to more peace, love, and hope for the future. With this collective energy... There is sufficient power to solve the majority of our social problems. And that is ultimately what we care about as nonprofits and musicians. Um, this, I believe, is what Bob Marley went, meant by one love. Looking around, you know, we definitely see problems and conflict. The band's central strategy for coping with this, this unease, is to discipline ourselves to look at what we can do in our families and in our communities to make the world a better place. When the big picture perspective seems broken and without hope, we focus in on the neighborhood perspectives. So what does that mean? At Band Central, we focus in on three things. First, we focus in on having fun by making and enjoying music. Band Central is a movement built around sharing joy and having fun right now in the present moment. That's the moment that just skipped by, where we visualize social activism as a joy, not a duty. And we care for our own needs while helping others. Second, we focus on purpose by using our talent and our influence to help people and families in need. Musicians perform music with purpose, and we harness a team and volunteers with many different talents that come together to raise awareness and raise critical funds for important causes. Third, we focus in on attraction to build a network of support. Through exchanging positive energy... With each other, we can improve our health, our wealth, and our relationships. By being kind and heart-centered, we can attract nonprofits, musicians, volunteers, donors, sponsors, media, and audience members that resonate with this feeling, and everyone transcends. Um, I am using the word attraction very intentionally here, where, you know, based on 
great books that have affected my life, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, and You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. So there it is, the band central model of social activism. So, I, you know, I just want to ask each of our guests, who I will introduce more fully later, for a short expression on, you know, how they approach social activism or maybe, you know, how one of their heroes uh, approaches it. Amy, would you like to start off? Sure. Um, wow, that's, I mean, it's a big question and it's uh, one worthy of, of thinking through, you know, just listening to yourself uh, or listening to you chatting um, I think that for me, the the biggest thing is that when you do help others, you end up helping yourself. Uh, it always happens inevitably. And, you know, whether you choose to meditate or take a walk or, you know, doing something outside of yourself, it, it fulfills something that I think oftentimes we forget we need. So for me, that's a big part of it is part of my own self-healing is making sure that I'm out there doing good for other people. Um, you know, what is the saying to, to much is given much is you know, should be given back. Right. And I think that when we have approached our lives, um, with one of expressing gratitude, we can all say we've received a lot. So, you know, giving it back, that's, that's just kind of me personally. Um, I love that you're, uh, the band central is focused on the joy and I will just say, you know, about team Wolfgang that this is an organization that's very easy for me to give to because it is so full of joy. And I think the other part of it that affects me and, and that if people do it, they know it. And if they don't, they should, right. Is that, um, we can get so caught up in all of these huge problems, these big problems, and they are insurmountable. And, um, maybe we don't know where to start. And I think that the way to start is with a person or with a thing. And when you can, you know, go in, whether it's pass out food, you've done that. You've helped all those people that you see. You do that, right? Or for what we do, when you're um, moving someone who needs more independence to gain that independence and you see them smile or be proud of what they've done at the end of their shift, to me, that's what social activism is. And if we all strove to... Um, just improve somebody's life every single day, I think it would be amazing what we accomplished, but kind of selfishly, I think it'd be amazing what your heart feels and what you can then accomplish um, beyond so that. that. So Amy just shared two you know, important principles close to her heart. This is Amy Turner, who we're listening to from Team Wolfgang, and you are listening to Band Central Radio. Uh, thank you for that, Amy. John, any any thoughts on, you know, you just started a new nonprofit, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little later in the show, but kind of w- stepping back, I know I know it's been a part of your whole family upbringing. How, how, do, you, how do you think about social activism or maybe even how, how would you explain to your kids you know you got two young kids they, they don't really speak much yet but you, you know, know. I got three one's three. speaking quite a bit <laughs> He's five, so. sorry about that go ahead <laughs> it's okay well yeah so you know as you said I've, I've grown up here in Bridgeport my whole family lives here uh, I went off to college and decided to come back and um, I've always kind of bristled at how easy uh, an insult or an aspersion would just roll off the tongue of a neighboring townsfolk. You know, I think it's it really got me to a place where there was this feeling that Bridgeport was this irredeemable place. You know, it was just written off. And um, I think that's a really toxic attitude to have. Um, and so Bridgeport has sort of become this like proxy battle for me of a larger narrative shift that I think would really benefit our entire country, our whole world, which is that we're only as fast as our slowest and that working together to improve communities is a far better use of our time than just writing them off. And so Bridgeport to me just feels like I think there's I see so much potential here. I've always seen it. And um, I think the best thing that we can all do is sort of bootstrap our way towards it. I don't think we should rely on, you know, necessarily the government. I think that's something that people consistently kind of, you know, deride is, is our city government. But and not to say that there's nobody good there. There's some good people doing great work there. But ultimately, I think it's us as citizens of Bridgeport that need to rise up. And I think examples are right here with Amy and <clears throat> Wolfgang operating here in Black, in Black Rock. Um, there's a new bookstore opening in Black Rock that I think is just great. People saying, well, if not us, who? Like, we should do this. You know, just inc- increasing the... Um, the value that, 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 that can be present here. Um, and I think that's what we're doing with Park City Music Hall, trying to make a world-class venue in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I often just remind myself I am in Bridgeport right now, and that's I tell people, a lot of people come there from the Gold Coast and remind them, hey, you're in Bridgeport right now. Just remember that. Um, so that's sort of where I think I can 
fill a, a void, or not a void, but just come 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 to be come together with the rest of the community that's already been operating in Bridgeport to improve it and really just change the narrative about it. Nice, nice. Love that. Love that. That was John Torres. We'll hear more from him in a moment. But right now, let's take a listen to uh, my new track. It's called Moving On, and it's about moving on from relationships that are no work, no longer working for us. We will be right back. Yeah, we just heard Moving On by me, your host, Rob Freed. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, Kurt Leon playing drums and uh, Scott Packham on keyboards and um, I am on all other instruments. Uh, you know, I wrote that song with the intention to help people move on from relationships that are no longer working for them, including relationships of um, domestic and sexual abuse. Um, the song is really 
nicely accompanied by a video, which you can check out on my YouTube channel, Rob Freed on YouTube. Um, you're listening to Band Central Radio here on WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport. Let me update you on Band Central. We're going to perform 13. Uh, excuse me, 14 theme concerts in 2023 to help local nonprofits. And our spring and summer tour features some amazing musicians. And I, I want to read the names because I'm, I'm proud of these people. Carol Sylvan, Gabrielle Lakshmi, Stephanie Harrison, Joe Bouchard, Joan Levy Hepburn, John Torres, Bill Carbone, Gray Fowler, Fuzz, Cyrus Mad- Madden, Anthony Gadaletta. Eric Cal, Pat Marfioti, Barry Blumenfield, Rob Somerville, Rob Volo, Marcos Torres Jr., Mike Marble, Tiger McNeil, Ronnie Sissia, Lou Bodak, Brad Helene, Brad Milov, Steve Redler, Matt Bell, John Varholek, Tara Engler, J.D. Seam, John Lamb, and Barry Urich. Wow. And we're performing some amazing shows. You know, every season we feature, feature different shows. We've been doing Rock for Hope. We've been doing Flower Power, songs from the Generation of Love. We've been doing Funk and Disco. And this week we did a To the Max reunion show. And we're doing those for some amazing nonprofits. Again, I want you to hear some of these names because these are, these, these are some of the creme de la creme here in uh, Fairfield County. Uh, the Kennedy Collective, Operation Hope, New Canaan Mounted Troop. Team Wolfgang and Company, Siri, Sterling House Community Center, Mission, CLASP, Children's Learning Centers, the Center for Family Justice, Fairfield Theater Company, Common Ground, Cardinal Sheehan Center, and our very own WPKN. We stand ready to help local nonprofits and musicians thrive. Something that uh, I share with my uh, guest, John Torres, here. We'll talk to him in just a minute. But here are some upcoming dates to mark your calendars. On June 1st, we've got four Team Wolfgang. We're doing our funk and disco show at Park City Music Hall. And this is to help, again, support skills and life training for young adults dealing with uh, developmental disabilities. On June 11th, we're doing a house party for Common Ground which is a charter high school in New Haven. That'll be jazz and soul. On June 16th, for the Children's Learning Center, we're doing a show called Jazz and Dance at Sarah Fresco. And that Children's Learning Center, obviously, is early childhood education for underserved communities. On 729, we will be performing at the Connecticut Challenge bike ride up in Greenfield Hill. That's programs for cancer survivors, Lastly, on uh, September 7th at Fairfield Theater Company Stage 1, we will perform our Rock for Hope show for Operation Hope. That show features Joe Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult. So you can visit experiencebandcentral.com to sign up for our monthly newsletter, our tour dates, and follow us on Facebook at Experience Band Central. Also, I play bass, guitar, and sing in some groups with upcoming dates. You can check that out at robfreedmusic.com for the schedule. So joining me now for a little more in-depth discussion is John Torres. So John is from Bridgeport, lives in Bridgeport. He studied art and art history at Carleton College. And, you know, he's a singer and songwriter. He played, interestingly, he played at the former Acoustic Cafe, in his high school days. So, you know, as, as many of you WPKN listeners well know, the acoustic was always about giving local musicians a stage and a voice. Rather than let the acoustic become a COVID-19 casualty, the acoustic approached the Torres family, who stepped in to purchase it. The venue is called Park City Music Hall and is showcasing regional and national names. And it's what it's really doing is keeping Black Rock as one of the treasures of Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, John is a very interesting cat because he's got this unique sound and approach to his original music that's some kind of mix of R&B and pop and indie rock. And it's this gumbo. Um and, you know, we, we've, we have had the pleasure of having John perform in, in a number of our Band Central shows. It's always a blast. Um, last show, he actually sang Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy? Against, <laughs> against my will. <laughs> I love it. So, John, let, let's start off here. Why 
guitar and voice. You're sitting with a guitar, beautiful resonator guitar in your lap right now. Why guitar and voice? Well, I, I, I was like an athlete. My dad was like a, you know, the, the proto athlete, the best athlete at his high school. And I always wanted to be like him. So I was just an athlete. And then one day I walked in, my parents had gotten a, a, a piano in the house and my sisters were taking piano lessons. And I was like, why are they getting piano? Why can't I do that? It was really interesting to me. So I started taking piano lessons and I really took to it fast and, um, fell in love with it and was playing a lot. And then this is kind of dorky but i heard dave matthews crash that record mm. i bought it at barnes and noble on cd and just put it on our old hi-fi just like in the dark listen to the whole thing never heard any of that kind of you know music and i just it blew me away and so i started really getting into singer songwriter and i've definitely kind of moved away from dave but you know still have a soft spot for him um and that's kind of where i started to just I, every day i was playing every day that was when i was 17 so i was a, l- a late comer to music but I, I just made it my my everything from that point so on. For, you know sports yeah. and you know sports school and church and then yeah. all of a sudden something clicks right. and you want to be a rock and roll star yeah, got it exactly. <laughs> and so you know a question i'm interested to ask you because you have this past and you also are seeing a lot of music and presenting a lot of mm-hmm. music at Park City Music Hall. Present moment, right now, what is getting you most inspired musically? Sure. So, I mean, I've, I've had a, quite a journey. Uh, you know, like I said, Dave Matthews, then I went into like the Fish, Grateful Dead jam band years, and then I completely was like, no, I hate jam band music, and I went into indie rock. The aughts indie was just my everything, you know. Um, and then now I'm really coming back full circle and feeling like, okay, there's something there in that indie movement. I'm more into things that are a little bit more song-based, uh, so like more the Wood Brothers, the, you know, Lucas Nelsons, the um, Derek Trucks, and, and, you know, that kind of thing, Ariel Posen, Blake Mills. These are adjacent to yeah. that to that community not quite jam bands but they definitely the jam band guys love them or the that crowd so i'm that's really what's inspiring me right now and i love that guitar is back especially slide guitar you know people like george harrison and rye cooter influence people like ariel posen blake mills uh you know joey landreth so i've been playing a lot of slide guitar lately and i'm, I'm do, doing a new record with kurt leon your drummer on that last track um and it's really influenced by you know my love of of kind of roots music roots you know and you, you said one of my favorites like when i, I hear the name rye cooter i can't let it go by because he's one of these <laughs> under the radar kind of guys that uh, also affects me and have a very deep mm. vibe. Oh yeah, you know my my son's middle name is Ryland after Ry Cooter. So oh my oh. gosh, so I uh, that that could be the subject for a whole radio program. <laughs> so let's move on for a minute. Let's talk about your vision for Park City Music Hall, and also talk a little bit about Park City Presents, your new nonprofit that you're. Uh, have launched sure um, so they, they it 's sort of like a wing of park city music hall um, we 're kind of a pres- uh, like a, a production company is what park city presents is, and there 's different things that we will present uh, with air quotes on radio i shouldn 't have done that <laughs> um, there 's really there, so, so we 'll we'll definitely be continuing to put on shows at Park City Music Hall. More than likely, what we're going to try to do there is actually reduce prices by using community sponsorship uh, and, you know, corporate sponsorship so we can actually bring prices down and in some cases make things free, especially community events, cultural events, you know, events that that bring diversity to Park City Music Hall uh, that otherwise are pretty hard for us to do without, you know, giving budget to an advertising budget for these kinds of things. Um, So that's one. But the things that we're most excited about are the the music tech education uh, component. So so now you're talking about the areas Mm -hmm. of programming or support that Park City Presents would like to uh, help with. So one of them is now... This music tech education. So could you explain what that is? Sure. So I think... You're kind of if you if you if you so you've opened a music venue. The the probably the most uh, logical choice if you're going to do some kind of nonprofit work is to teach music lessons potentially for free. I think that that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think a far more, especially in Bridgeport, where you have a lot of people that are children that are likely not college track, right? To get them into a technical career that actually could bear fruit uh, financially for them. Uh, these are high paying careers that can be on Broadway and you know moving to L.A. and working on touring acts doing sound and lights for these kinds of uh, people, that that could be a very fruitful career. And I think that, that Bridgeport students that potentially aren't college track, even if they are college track, would really enjoy that that uh, th- these skill sets and, and learning about how to do you know, lights, and, how to do sound, how to do production. And all, all of that could be then 
you know, complemented with maybe some community college education Absolutely. after, you know, and you could you could end up really in a good position, uh, you know, with somebody from this community learning those skills and you're close to the music scene. What are what are some of the other uh, initiatives of Park City Presents? Sure. So, you know, kind of going back to my pride in Bridgeport thing, obviously, I think all of this uh, cultivates pride in Bridgeport and, and improves Bridgeport. But this one is more of a fun, as you said before, having fun in the moment. <laughs> this is our uh, probably the most fun thing we're going to be doing uh, is to actually put on large scale, not large, medium sized festival style things in the city parks, not Seaside. This is not Sound on Sound. This is not an expensive ticket with huge names. This is more uh, definitely regionally touring acts would be the headliner, but ultimately it's meant to be a community event with great local music, including you know, the final event might not be local, but it'll be you know something that's relevant to the community that it's in in different parks in different sections of Bridgeport. So you're bringing like a really high quality uh, product to an underserved community in a you know park that needs awareness and it's all free to the to the public. Well, that sounds compelling to me, and I'll tell you that is something Band Central would like to talk with you about regarding yeah. potentially partnering on cool. on that initiative and making that, that sustainable. Um, and are there any other initiatives that uh, that you have there? That kind of does it. We kind of call them the three times. There's the hey, uh, hey Steve. Ben is here. The, should I keep going? Keep going. Sorry. The park, <laughs> music in the parks, music at uh, Park City Music Hall, you know, continuing that, that, that component of it, and then the music tech education. Oh, that's great. And um, we're talking to John Torres. Um, what, what do you have going on at Park City Music Hall coming up that listeners should know about? Yeah, we've got some great stuff. I mean, in, even this Tuesday, we have an amazing uh, night of music for Raised for the Rock, which is uh, basically a, a benefit for the uh, Black Rock Day. Um, after that, we've got a, a very excited about uh, DJ Logic and Friends, which is featuring Neil Evans of Soul Live, Eddie Roberts from the New Master Sounds, and Ben Atkind of Goose. Wow. Uh, Going to be great. He's doing two nights. That sold out last time, so we decided to try two nights. Um, Natalie Rise, who's a reggae artist, she's coming on Thursday, June 15th. Tracy Joe's playing. We got a lot of great stuff coming up. Um, one other one that's just announced was Siren Songs to Save the Sound, which is uh, put on by uh, Grammy nominees Nicole Zoraitis, and she's bringing an all-star group of, of musicians for her own CD release, but also she's got Siren Tip, Rosemary Winkler, and uh, then there's going to be a dance party at the end. That's on uh, Saturday, July 8th. So what you're hearing is a ro- robust menu of of things you can go see just by checking out the calendar at Park City Music Hall. And, you know, one of the things I admire is that you've also made the space available, um, you know, at a reasonable price for local nonprofits to to rent the space out for their events, John. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, you know, joining us next um, after you and I play a little something live in the studio will be Amy Turner, and we're we're performing uh, an event together. John was in the band, and right. I'm in the band, and it's it's sort of uh, the band central funk and disco team playing for Team Wolfgang. Yeah. But uh, why don't you just give us a little sense of, uh, before we uh, grab our instruments, where uh, listeners can find you on social media if they want to get in contact or the website, any Instagram sure, info. Sure, sure. So Park City Music Hall has Instagram and Facebook at just Park City Music Hall. Park City Presents is brand, you know, we just started it, but there's by one post, but that's Park City Presents, all one word for both of those. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm not really launched yet on my, my music side of things. The newest iteration of what John Torres is going to be doing has not. I don't have any socials yet. But that's, uh, that's where you can find Park City Music Hall and Park City Presents. Great, great. All right, so uh, we're grabbing some guitars here, live in studio. This is sort of not really mic'd, and, uh, but... We're going to lay it down. Good. Is Mr. Jaffe he here? Is, he is here. We are live streaming. Everything is focusing. Uh, All right. Is Show him these instruments. He, if he come, when he comes okay. in and sits down, he can just grab one of those. Yeah. Just leave him there yeah. for now. Uh, Ready? Great. great. Yep. One, two, three, I 
What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Thank you, John Torres. My pleasure. Nice. Thank you, Rob Freed. Yeah, joining us now is uh, Amy Turner. Hi. Amy, hi there. Amy Turner is the executive director at Team Wolfgang and Company. She is a, a people-centered person who is an adept at leading and finding ways that team members can tune into being their best selves. She has a background as a performer herself, as a Broadway dancer. John, she actually performed in 42nd Street on Broadway as a teenager. That's amazing. True. Get, a, get a load yeah, of that. I did not know that. Which she credits that whole experience with boosting her ability in independent thinking and agility in moving effortlessly between lead and supporting roles. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to let Amy describe Team Wolfgang, though I want to I provide an introductory comment about people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Okay. When you when you think about it, many of the important and famous people have contributed a lot to humanity, have overcome a disability. Mm-hmm. It's not what they contribute as ideas and stuff, but it's how they transform others around them to a higher, more intelligent and involved, evolved vibration. Examples might be Albert Einstein, Vincent van Gogh, Frederick Nietzsche, Ludwig van Beethoven. Beethoven from the past, or, you know, Dan Aykroyd, Michael Phelps, Greta Thunberg, Eminem, Steven Spielberg, and Michael Fox from the present. Mm -hmm. The list goes on and on. And through music with purpose, having fun, aligning with purpose, building a powerful network, we transform special needs into special abilities, Mm -hmm. which enriches our community. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) Well, that was my... That's our thing. So, Amy, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you evolve to today where you're sitting in this studio with me and John and and Ben? Um, Well, that would take another show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think that um, the interesting thing about being a performer, especially at such a young age and being um, 
independent and in the city. I moved to New York City as a teenager. Um, you know, you I observed a lot. I learned by observation. And what one of the things I think I learned is that we're all on a different path. We're all different, and we're all following. Even if we end up in the same place, every single person has gotten there from a different you know, road or, or fork or whatever that is. And I think the other thing that I learned as a performer is um, everything you are is the most unique thing you can bring. And when we try and be something else or we try and fit in, quite frankly, you don't get the job, right? Because nobody is better at being you than you. So you have to figure out what that is that makes you special, what is that makes you hireable and unique and, and have the opportunity to tell the story differently than any other person on the planet. Wow, so, that's great. Yeah. Thanks. So then like that translates, I think now fast forward 30 years, and it translates into you know, seeing every individual as an individual. And the thing that one of the many things, but probably the most purposeful thing for me about Team Wolfgang is the fact that we look at each individual as an individual. So we have a very strict curriculum, but it's, it's adapted for every single person. You know, we don't discriminate against a specific disability or we don't only support a specific disability. So we're constantly looking at that person as a unique human being with challenges and abilities. And I would say all four of us can probably say every person we run into has challenges <laughs> in how to assimilate or work through this constructive society that we've built. But we also have strengths and a uniqueness. So it's a little bit of the converting the special needs to a special abilities. Yeah. And that transformation. And one of our team members says that. He's like, you know, <laughs> I have unique abilities. And it's really that simple. It's that simple for him. And you know, even thinking about your comment about Bridgeport, it's like, you know, <laughs> no one's all bad and no one's all good. And you can, if you go out of your comfort zone and you go somewhere new, it's amazing what you find. It's amazing. And so I think that's one of the things that sets us apart from other amazing organizations in this sort of field of, of helping um, individuals with all sorts of disabilities and special needs is, is really focusing on, you know, how can we move that individual towards a little more purposeful life to a feeling of accomplishment and a greater sense of independence. Uh, we're, we're listening to Amy Turner, Executive Director of Team Wolfgang and & Company, and you are listening to Band Central Radio here on WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport. Uh, what are the main priorities of Team Wolfgang right now? So right now we've done a huge, um, we're coming out of a strategic plan and a mission shift. And so we're really just implementing that. Um, we have a, a space in Bridgeport down in Black Rock, our production site. And uh, we have actually since coming out of COVID moved from five shifts a week to 10. We have reconfigured the space and we're moving towards 15. So by the end of the year, we'll have, you know, it's not exactly tripled. Who's the math major in here? <laughs> Gone from 5 to 10 to 15. In one, one sense, when we say a production site, are we talking about baking? Yeah, um, which is... Yes, we are. So at the production site, so the whole and curriculum. I, I don't mean I don't yeah. mean getting baked, guys. <laughs> I mean I mean actually baking doggy treats. Um, see, the, the interesting clarification. <laughs> we all so, it. You know, the interesting thing about many of these nonprofits that deal with intellectual and development yeah. disabilities is aside, they approach it different ways. So Friday night we performed for a nonprofit that approaches it through an equine horse experience. Yeah. That. That, that sensitivity that um, with nature. Yes. And you're approaching it with this hands-on, you learn baking, you learn these skills, you learn also to, to, to conduct yourself in the retail operation. Yeah, we and, should probably just dial it back and make sure everybody knows because a lot of people do know the dog treats, right? They go, oh, we know the dog treats. And some people don't even know that that's part of our curriculum. But so the dog treats um, are the through line from the very beginning to the very end of both of our curriculums. So they um, hand make these artisan dog 
treats. They package them. They also make some other dog toys and, and um, as part of their developmental skill support. And then they package them, and then they take them over to the retail store, which is in downtown Fairfield, and they sell them. So that includes you know all kinds of shopkeeping, merchandising. They balance the cash drawer. Um, they make outgoing phone calls to a wholesale account. So it's this whole like um, universal look at both job skills and life skills and ongoing learning, lifelong learning. There's always something more you can do. Um, but it, the through line is these dog treats. So yeah, yeah you know, and see that. just, just <laughs> linking this up with something John Torrey said, he said, guitar is in and yeah. slide guitar. Also, Dogs are totally in right totally now. I mean, totally in. Everybody I know is either has a dog or is thinking about a dog yeah. or is fighting a spouse who wants to get a dog. And which that's is how sort of it all my, started, my... right? Three moms had, uh, had many children. Among them, I think they have, you know, like 11 children between the three of them. But each one had a child with a very different special need. And a very different disability. But they also all had dogs. So they were rolling around all kinds of ideas. What can we do to help add productiveness to our children's lives? Especially as they age out of the the social support of the school system. So that's the other thing a lot of people don't understand. Um, a lot of people, we either we did or our children have gone through public schools where there's a lot of assimilation and a lot of support. And then at 18, when they graduate, there's a transitional program that's also supported by the public school system from 18 to 22 hmm. and then they call it the cliff and then at 22 all of those services stops what are you going to do with your life your friends have gone up to college maybe they're in relationships they're getting jobs you know and here you are at 23 years old and nothing to do and no social construct your community has just left you and your opportunity to find purpose has just collapsed underneath of you so we that's really where we come in it is for the adults we um you know, all the way up in their 40s, we have team members. But it's really to kind of just give a, a baseline, a community, and a purpose, you know, when that support structure starts to, you know, leave underneath of you. Well, I, I certainly feel your passion. Um, <clears throat> uh, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to that we maybe talk about our June 1st event, because this is an event at Park City Music Hall mm-hmm. where people will have an opportunity to meet you meet the, some of the team members yeah. and, and participate in an event about raising awareness and funds for Wolfgang. Anything else before we get to that that you wanted to add about the organization or about your vision? Um, you know, I think that uh, we call this our party with a purpose. So I'll kind of use this as a segue, right? Okay. So it's a party with a purpose. And we've been talking a lot about, so what is the purpose of the party? <laughs> right? I mean, that's the question. And the purpose of the party goes back to what you said in the very first segment of this, right? It's that it is a, it is a time and a space where we can all come together. We can just, it's a joyful event. It's so much fun. We incorporate music and laughter and education and community and all of that sort of comes out of this. And, and so what I've learned is that there's sort of this never ending need. So, you know, for us, where are we now? We are coming out of this incredible two years of growth, looking ahead to an equally incredible two years of growth. And in order to do that, because none of our services do we charge for, it's all, you know, no matter what your economic background is, no matter what your current circumstances are, um, everything is free of charge. So we have to have the funds to do that. So the purpose is to raise the funds in a joyful setting so that we can continue to grow. And how can people get tickets? Well, I believe we can go on the Park City Music Hall website. Um, but also, um, we are Wolfgang, and it's W-O-O-F, wolfgangco.org um, is our website. And uh, and then there's links like through our Instagram account, um, wolfgangco, and uh, uh, Wolfgang and Co. is our Facebook. So you can, you can find us all over the place. Well, I think it came across very well on air, the, the kind of passion and integrity that you have. And I can just tell you, um, this you're listening to a very good steward and implementer of any donation money that would go to Wolfgang and Company. Um, we stand 100% behind them at uh, Band Central, as I, as I know uh, John does. Um, and, you know, the event's going to be really fun. John and I were joking yesterday about both being the anti-gala guys, mm-hmm. you know, where we, we like to create an event where you don't wear your no. 
dockside and chinos and, and, you know, and have your paddle that you're raising. You go and just have a, a ton of fun at a live music venue and also accomplish the same goals. So thank you very much, Amy. Sure. Um, and we'll be hearing more from you. So joining us now, right now, uh, is a friend of mine who just flew in from Nolens and, um, it's Ben Jaffe, and Ben is the uh, creative director of Preservation Hall. He plays tuba, plays double bass with the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, and he's also, you know, he's the son of Preservation Hall's former managers, Alan Jaffe, Jaffe and Sandra Jaffe. He grew up in Nolens, right in the French Quarter, two blocks from Preservation Hall. He attended Oberlin College, where he received a degree in bass performance. And he is fresh off some exciting performances at New Orleans Jazz Fest. I had the joy of attending. And he's now gearing up, flying in today, um, to present New Orleans music at this year's Greenwich Town Party later this week on Saturday the 27th in Greenwich. And I think you're going to be there, John. I'm going to be there. So it's going to be great. So welcome, Ben. Thank you, Rob. It is a treat to be here. I actually um, flew in from Nashville. Mm-hmm. We had a show there last night. So <laughs> it's a blur. It might have as well have been New Orleans, right? Because we, we played there Saturday night. And, okay. uh, and here we are. Fantastic. Hey, tell, tell, people, tell people about our friendship and how it is that you're actually here today sitting in WPKO <laughs> studio in Bridgeport. Uh, I, well, I guess it's through Greenwich Town Party, and actually, I guess it may even, uh, before even we started our relationship with uh, Greenwich Town Party, we uh, believe we may have met in New Orleans at Preservation Hall at one of our galas, uh, Midnight Preserves, during Jazz Fest. I think that predated uh us actually playing at Greenwich Town Party. Right, right. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's really through Ray Dalio and our, our friendship yes. with Ray yes. that we came into the same circle. And uh, it was sort of funny because Ben knew that I worked at Bridgewater Associates and the very unique culture there. And one of his first questions was me was, could you help me bring some of that hedge fund stuff to the culture <laughs> at Preservation Hall? And he and I have made uh, uh, we've made a meal of that, haven't we? We've been working on that. Yeah. Well, you know, my parents. Uh, I mean, my dad was a tuba player from and graduated from Wharton and ended up in New Orleans with my mom in '61, mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of, of Preservation Hall as we know it today. So my father had a background in business, but you know, was really, um, you know, very involved with the arts and social justice issues and the civil rights movement. So I've always bounced back and forth between those two worlds in my brain, between music and the arts and business. Uh, But Preservation Hall is, I guess, a lot like this radio station is very grassroots and uh, just became what it became over over time. And uh, when I, when I, we met, and you know, and and you know, as I became more familiar with you know Ray's uh, principles and the sort of philosophy, you know, of of, of your business, you know, the different businesses that 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 uh, you've been involved in, I it just seemed to me that like, oh wow, these are a lot of things that we actually do already or apply, but we've never given a a, a word to or been able to articulate. So it's been really a beautiful relationship, you know, getting to know you and. You know the work you've done with us and, and my group and my organization as we grow and become. Uh, I, I was and just I was, I was just telling John and Amy that I was excited to have you here because I consider you one of my mentors, and then I listened to you introduce me to people, and you say this is one of my mentors. So we we, we kind of have this thing, and um, you're sitting right next to a guy who's got a very similar temperament and vibe to you. He he's a true artist yes. who also owns. I'm talking about John Torres, who owns a, a venue. You own a couple venues yes. in New Orleans, so you guys have a lot in common. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. You know, I, you just returned during Jazz Fest, you actually had an opportunity to perform with Robert Plant. Yes. In a very intimate setting from, from Led Zeppelin. Um, I watched you 
perform with Poe Larkin, some, you know, the people that come in to the hall to informally perform with Preservation Hall Jazz Band. It is just amazing to, to, to feel and see. Um, the question I want to ask you that I asked John is what inspires you most making music with other people? Mm. Uh, right now. Right now, today. In, in your life in now, life. is it a certain type yes. of music? And is it... Is it a certain oh, type of no. energy exchange. What, what's going on with it's what beyond, is inspiring you now? Yeah, it's beyond uh, genre. Uh, it, that I, I don't, I don't see music that way. I, I, I just see it as you know sounds and you know these, you know, uh, the people. And I see people cut from the same cloth from different walks of life, from different uh, different parts of the country, different parts of the world. And uh, I've been very blessed that I've gotten to travel the world, first with my father when I was a child, and and then as an adult for the past 30 years, for you know, six months out of the road, I've spent on the road tra- traveling the world and meeting musicians and, and meeting people. And there's this universal uh, language that musicians speak. And musicians, I, th- I think, know this. Um, but it, it, it's always interesting when you introduce this... Uh, this idea to people, you know, they they like, well, I don't understand. What is the connection between Led Zeppelin and Preservation Hall? There's no connection. What are you talking about? These guys are like rock and rollers, and they're from England. And you're like, oh, no. Actually, you know, Robert Plant's first record was, you know, a record that our trumpet player's grandfather played on. And, uh, in fact, we're going to go ahead and play that song for you tonight. You know, and, you know, probably there wouldn't have been, um, you know, the Led Zeppelin that we know today without American blues and without American rock and roll and without, you know, a lot of the music that came from New Orleans or was inspired by New Orleans, uh, you know, folk, you know, country blues and acoustic blues and um, uh, gospel and spiritual music and, and mm. early New Orleans jazz and, you know, <laughs> Louis Jordan, I mean, you know, Fats Domino, I mean, any of these, I mean, I listen to, you know, people, I mean, when I heard the the Clash for the first time, I immediately, I, I felt connected to them, but to me, they, they felt, they didn't sound like, but they felt like a, a band from New Orleans, and I think that that's what Preservation Hall, mm. to me, that's like the exciting thing about what we do is not just carrying forward and um, continuing being part of a tradition, you know the New Orleans, New Orleans history, but also finding those places where it where it's connected, either connected to New Orleans or New Orleans is connected to it, and you know, actually creating something that people can experience. And you've been there; you've been there on many special nights where we've um, had you know artists uh, you know come join us, people that I I've been inspired by, you know, whether it's Irma Thomas. Or, you know, Robert Plant or, you know, gosh, it's, you know, an important thing. Well, when we start to hear that music, that means that we're doing our closing segment and we just have a moment left. Amy, what was your favorite part of the show today? Um, I think meeting new people and hearing, <laughs> hearing, you know, John and I have met, but just hearing a little more about the story and the mission, and it's great. It's wonderful. Great. And John? Um, that was really great. Your, your last comments there were just really spot on, and it was really inspiring to hear you speak about it. <clears throat> and, of course, Amy and what she's doing, and I, you know, I have a history with adults with disabilities, so I love what you guys do. It's really heartwarming to me that you guys are there in BlackRock. Great, great. And Ben, I know you, you kind of sort of came in the middle here because of a late flight, but we, we warmly rec- welcome you to Bridgeport. Um, we know you've actually done some benefit, th- you know, things in the Bridgeport schools. Uh, anything you take away from today's show? Well, you know, I'm being here in this environment with, with you in the station. It's, it just reminds me there there's places like this all over the country, all over the world. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful to connect, you know, to come up and, you know, not feel far from home but to be you know someplace that that actually feels 
very familiar to me. And, uh, you know, somehow, even, somehow you feel familiar <laughs> wherever you go. I don't, you know, it, it's you, you true. Got, you got that fuzzy oh, you've uh, got a great way of poo thing going on. <laughs> um, hey, I want to thank our guests, Amy Turner, John Torres, and Ben Jaffe, uh, Steve DiCostanza. I also want to thank Audrey Neforis, Paula Murphy, and Andy Caddison from my team. Our next show is Monday, June 26th.